Are you about to head out on a new course creation or podcasting or any other entrepreneurial journey? Would you like even more tips to help make that road less bumpy? Stay tuned to find out. Being an entrepreneur sounds like, yes, another new client. I did it. But it can also sound like, I am really not understanding this technology and I'm feeling so overwhelmed. Am I even cut out for this? That's why I started the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast to help infopreneurs, coaches, and course creators who want to build a business online but are battling technology, overwhelm, procrastination, and even imposter syndrome. Think successfully, think differently, think bigger, and take action by learning tips from an array of business owners, all dropping knowledge on the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. What is up? What is up? What the hell is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to another dose of entrepreneurial road smoothing learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and as you know, and if you don't, I'm about ready to tell you, I've been in the course uh, creation and coaching and online space since the 90s. I got a little experience under my belt, but here's the thing. I'm still learning. Now, who are you? And you know what? The answer to that question to me is infinitely more important. I think you are a driven entrepreneur, perhaps even an infopreneur. And I think you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And that, my friend, is why I'm here. It's to help you do that very thing. So yesterday, well, I say yesterday, in the last episode, I was talking about the things I wish I knew before I started, right? And the things I was sharing applied to course creation, you know, podcasting, but I think it applies to so many of our entrepreneurial journeys. If you haven't listened to that podcast, please go back and check it out. It was episode 383, Things I Wish I Knew I Started Before. Anyway, uh, let's do a quick snapshot of what was mentioned there. Again, go back and listen to it. There's a lot more details behind it. But the first seven things, number one was knowing equals getting. Number two is your email list should come before your project, be it a podcast, be it a course or anything else. Number three, have something to sell right out of the gate from day one. That's a big mistake I made and I have learned from. Number four, choose to be a celebrity from day one, right? I am your dark horse host and I say that proudly. You need to own that. Be who you are and make yourself a celebrity. Number five, build your credibility. Number six, showcase your endorsements. And number seven was build your list. Again, go back and listen to that episode 383 and you'll get all the details, the good juicy nuggets behind that. But I want to carry on with the next seven things that I wish I knew before I started. And that starts with tip number eight, how to approach possible guests, right? Or JV opportunities. Here's the thing. You know, starting out this podcast, I figured out it can actually be intimidating to go to your favorite guru and say something like, hey, I know you don't know me, but would you like to spend an hour being interviewed on my podcast? Well, let's let's be honest. For most folks, the results are not going to be very good if you try that tactic. And if you're you know doing an online course and you would like to get their input on something, you wanted them to uh, JV with you and be a part of it. 
yeah, probably going to get the same kind of crickets result. Now, later on, after you have a product or a podcast out there and you're established with a good reputation, yeah, you could approach them cold. And by letting them know uh, that you've been interviewed by other experts and you've interviewed other experts and authors and celebrities in their field, but that's later. What can you do in the beginning when you're just getting started? Well, that's what I want to share with you right now. The first thing I would suggest you do is buy their product. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did, did, you, did he just say buy their product? Yeah, he did. Go out there and buy their product. Find one of their products that A, you can afford, and B, resonates with you, and buy it. And hopefully it's actually a product you can actually use and apply in your life. Then, yeah, use the product. Read it. Watch it implement it. Um, just check out the advice that's in that product and use it in your world, in your business, in your relationship. Finally, after you've done all that, man, this is a lot of work, Tracy. Hey, I didn't say it was easy. If it was easy, anyone would be doing it, right? Finally, write to them and let them know your results. Yeah, you feeling the love on this one? How many times have you heard me say, let me know, Tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Tell me the tip or idea you came away with, how you put it into action, and what results you got. There's a reason I say that. Let them know. Write them and let them know your results. Hey, Tracy, just wanted to let you know I bought your bigger, better, but fast product, and here's the results I got. Thank you so much. Yeah. You might even ask them a question in that testimonial, right? This is what starts a dialogue. You're showing me or whoever it is you're reaching out to, that you are the expert. You even use the stuff and it works, right? This is powerful for building a relationship because it's neutral. There's nothing forced. There's nothing forced or contrived about your approach. It validates the guru, lowering their defenses and allows you, enables you, and actually it's a great way to build a relationship with them. And in, in the long run, Really, that's what it is. It's a relationship. It's not, it's not just, hey, come hop on my uh, podcast and let me interview. No, you want to build a relationship. See, from here, you can build a dialogue, possibly work with them, maybe on something small, right? You're building a relationship with them for the long term. This is not just about helping you out with your project or getting on your podcast to be their guest. This relationship and I'm going to keep saying, I'm going to beat that over your head. This relationship has the potential to lead to future work, some bigger deals, and maybe even more profits. You could end up interviewing them multiple times, right? That's even better. Maybe even being interviewed by them. Use those interviews in whatever project you're working on, whatever course content or ebook you're building. You might work together with them on multiple projects. But best of all, you could actually become friends. This is the attitude you need to have, right? Not, hey, I'd like to get you on my podcast to be a guest. No, no, no. You want to build a relationship. Don't think about it as trying to get your foot in the door just to get the interview and not speak to them ever again. No. Your contacts, their time is far more valuable than that, than just simply becoming a guest on your podcast or a guest excerpt in your ebook or your course. Tip number nine, and you are going to want to listen to this one. Plus, there's going to be a, a, a magic tip down in tip number four, 13 and 14. So make sure you hang around for those. But let's 
I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about tip number nine. This is one I don't see anybody doing yet, and it's magic. How to get new subscribers from every single guest. Yeah? And now, now, of course, we're talking about podcasting here, but if you used guesting, uh, a guest blogger or uh, a guest interview or a guest input, uh, guest content into your ebook or your course, same thing applies. See, this one is really interesting because it's really so simple, and I, I've yet to see anyone doing it. When you and I'm going to go with the podcast example in this uh, example here. When you invite a guest onto your show, let them know that they can make an offer to your audience for a lead magnet. If need be, you're even willing to create that lead magnet for them. Here's the idea here is that you're going to be letting your listeners know that they can get a free copy of whatever it is simply by going to a specific page and inputting their email address. Tracy, I've heard this time and time again. There's nothing magic about this. No, no. Stick with me. Here's where things get a little different. You're going to be the one to set up the page yourself as well as manage the list yourself. What? Yeah. This is where things get a little different. Remember, every well-known person that you um, JV with on a, a, a project, be it a course, or that you bring on to interview on your podcast, they're going to be bringing some of their listeners and their readers and their customers into your sphere of influence. Even if they don't mean to, people follow them right? They're called fans, fanatics for a reason. When you go on social media and say you just posted an interview about well-known expert this or someone, you know, uh, added their content to your course, well-known expert that, they'll go to your podcast and they'll even listen to it, even though they do not know you because they like well-known expert S, X. Now, you want to capture though their email addresses, right? Yeah, I, I can I can feel your head nodding out there. That's why you make the offer of the freemium lead magnet and you do the work of setting up the page and you maintain the list and so forth so that you're doing something of value for them and getting something of value in return. Now, don't get me wrong, what I need you to do here is also share that list of folks that you get with your guest. Your guest will be growing their email list with your followers and you'll be growing your list with their followers. You both get new subscribers who formerly didn't know either one of you or one or the other of you, but are highly interested in the topic. And you know that because they took the time to go to that page and give you their email address. When you're interviewed on someone else's podcast, you can do the same thing. Set up a page for capturing leads and share those leads with their interviewer. I want you to pay attention to that. That one might get past you. You're going to set up a freemium specifically for that show that you're a guest on. You tell them anyone who signs up as a result of being on your show and going to that specific page, which is set up just for that show, I'm going to share that list with you as well. That, my friend, is win-win. That is building relationships. It can even make a good selling point when you're convincing the interviewer why they should have you versus someone else on their show. Okay, tip number 10. Let's take that one one step further. Split the profits with your guests or the people that interview you. So as we all know, what's behind that squeeze page you've set up? 
Well, wait a minute. Let me rephrase that. Let me ask the question. What's behind that squeeze page that you set up? Uh, Nothing? Stop it. You, You know better than that. You've been around here more than one episode. And if you haven't, well, now you know. Behind your freemium, your freebie, whatever it is, you should make an offer right out of the gate. That's one of the lessons I I mentioned to you. Have something to sell from day one, a mistake I made, right? It's an offer. That's what's behind your freemium, of course. Better still, it's a one-time offer of a great product at a discounted price. And what I mean by one-time offer isn't that that you're only going to offer them that product one time. What I mean is if they buy it at that moment, Right, right now, right? They click buy right now. They're going to get best price ever. They're never going to see it for this price ever again. Okay. Here's how it works. Your guest provides the content, right? You're asking them. We're talking about a podcast here. You're asking them questions, maybe inserting a little bit of your knowledge. But my 90, I find about 80 to 90% of the content of an episode on a podcast comes from the guest. Now, you manage the email list like we talked about above in the previous tip. You set up the lead capture page, you use your own autoresponder, and then you share the leads with your guest. Now, as soon as that lead comes in and they say, yes, I would like this lead, you know, and you take them right to that thank you page, and the thank you page makes an offer. Now, there are about three ways you can do this. Method number one, Make a paid offer on the thank you page after the prospect inputs their email address for that freebie. This is a traditional method. It's very effective. The one drawback is you generally don't get to talk about the paid product too much since you're simply selling listeners on inputting their email address for the free offer. Here's the validation I'd like. You still sell them on getting the freebie, but by putting in their email address... You also let them know there's something very special offer on the other side. huh? You suggest, I suggest you, you play with this one a little bit and see how it works. So what I'm saying is when they land on that freebie page, an, an additional benefit you could put under is, hey, P.S., on the other side of giving me your email address, I have a very special offer for you one time. You'll never see this anymore ever again. Boom, right? Method number two, make the paid product Uh, offer on the call. Hmm? In addition to letting them know about the freebie they're going to get, you're going to tell them about this paid offer. In other words, to get your client's free cheat sheet, go to cheatsheet.com backslash offer and grab their cheat sheet and the offer we're making to go along with it. It's okay. I know how I said it was a little clunky, but you can start making the offer from the freebie right from the start of the interview, letting them know that you have a very special offer for them. Um, and it's good for 60 minutes. I don't know, whatever it is, the time you're taking the call or whatever it is, it's going to last for a week. All right. But again, toy with this, whatever makes sense for you. Um, and then method number three, this third method is, uh, is really never talked about. Yeah, the free offer on the call, right? Just you can mention. All you talk about is the paid offer. Hmm? Any traffic to the paid offer that doesn't convert is going to show up a pop up as they're trying to leave, right? Hey, they go in and they check the paid. Oh, I don't want this paid offer. And the pop up offers them the first module or the first chapter of the product that you're trying to sell them, but it offers it to them for free. This converts really well. 
But of course, you're going to get a few people on the page that uh, that really kind of wanted the the offer in the first place. So you know, because they know it's a paid product, and you could also try a hybrid model. I like you tell listeners about the paid product, but instead of sending them to the sales page, you let them know you set up a special discount for them. You get the discount by inputting their email address, and that's what takes them to the sales page. Any of these models or, you know, any varying degrees of these models, try them, right? Try all three out, you know, over the course of a couple of months, try each one in different uh, in different ways and, and then play with them until you figure out which one works best for your niche. Now, you could do the same thing inside your freemiums. This is something I see a lot of people make the mistake and not try. You sent out an amazing freemium right? A freebie, right? The uh, lead magnet, whatever ethical bribe you, you want to call it to get someone's email address. You need to put an offer inside of that, right? You, they've got your free content. They've consumed it. Now what? Well, you should have an offer inside of there for them to take that next step. Now, all of that is said because the profits you get from this initial offer, you could say, you could tell them, hey, I'll split the profits with you, with the person you're interviewing or that's interviewing you. It's up to the two of you how you divide it. 50-50 is usually recommended because both of you are doing 50% of the work. That way no one feels like they're taking advantage of. However, if you're the guest, you're able to bring a large amount of traffic to the podcast, you might consider giving them a higher percentage just to get the deal done because 40% of nothing is nothing. So giving them 60% of, you know, their new listenerships that come in listening to you because you're interviewed on their podcast. Yeah, that's 40% of something new. Think about it. All right. Tip number 11 is going to be, it's going to be a bit more podcast specific. Use a pilot episode. This is a trick I learned when I was getting my third, oh my gosh, my third podcast uh, up and running on iTunes. And I did it before I launched the podcast. Now, here, here's what I'm talking about. Let's say you want to do a big run-up to your podcast, announcing when it's going to start and generating some buzz. And I highly suggest you do this. It, it's great if you could do it like 60 to 90 days before. You decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch my podcast on December 31st, right? And right now, it's November 1st. And you just keep building that buzz. You're putting out those social media posts and sharing everything out there. Well, that's all well and good. But here's the thing. iTunes can be very unpredictable when it comes to populating your show on their site. Sometimes it happens very quickly. Sometimes it takes days. I've even seen it take a couple of weeks. I know for mine, it took like eight days. So there's a problem when you want to announce that your show is coming and you're not quite certain when they're going to populate it, right? So here's what you do. You make a pilot episode. Hmm? The pilot is going to be numbered zero. Pilot episode is going to be number zero. It's going to be short, maybe five to ten minutes, and it will explain who your show is for, the topics you're going to be covering, and what your listeners can look forward to. Hmm? Essentially, this episode zero is your trailer episode, your pilot episode that sells your listeners on why they should subscribe and start listening to your show when it does launch. If you set up your iTunes 
well before, like I said, 60 days is a great one, well before your launch date, then it will be in your iTunes feed helping you build up that that pressure, that excitement, that momentum, so that that day you launch, you know for certain that your uh, podcast will be on their site and ready to rock and roll. Now, could you do this with a course and an ebook? Yes, you can. Um, here's the thing. You don't have as much of a concern about putting your ebook up on your website, but you could do the same thing. You could put a little teaser. Hey, I'm going to come up with this full ebook or this whole course. If you'd like to check out the first chapter, go to www.samplingofmycourse.com, right? So you could still build up that pressure and start collecting those email addresses and everything else. Same concept, but for a different reason. All right, tip number 12, getting your show on top. Now, we're talking about on top of iTunes here. No guarantees, but this method does seem to get the best results. Now, I'm going to link this one with the last one I just gave you, because as you're building up all this momentum, you're telling everyone about that. Uh, I would reach out to those that are closest in your inner circle and tell them on this day, on this day, I want you to go there and I want you to subscribe and listen to, you know, it's called ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. I want you to subscribe, I want you to rate, and I want you to review the podcast because here's what works. Now, no one knows the actual algorithm that iTunes use, which is fine, but here's the four things we find works the best is if you can get people lots of traffic, lots of new listeners, and lots of ratings and reviews in a very short window of time, it tends to drive up your rankings, right? I think I hit the top 45 in, in my genre. Um, encourage downloads, right? Subscribers with iPhones will automatically get your podcast as a download, which helps you get ranked. Here's another good reason to use the last tip I just gave you if you're starting a podcast. If you put uh, number zero out there and you tell them to subscribe to it, that very first day when you drop your initial episodes, the, the real episodes, all those people that subscribed, it's going to automatically download to their phone. Bam. That's instant downloads that they didn't have to go do. That drives you straight up into the rankings almost immediately. Now, the next little tip I'll leave you with is drop about five episodes right out of the gate. So on your launch day, don't just launch with one episode. Launch with five. Yeah. That's going to get you a whole bunch of those downloads all at the same time. And then, of course, in those episodes, you want to ask the audience for ratings and reviews. Well, this doesn't hold as much weight as it used to, thanks to the people that have been gaming the system. It is still a factor that iTunes uses and a lot of folks use in order to select the uh, shows that they listen to. I know there are a number of podcasters and guests, good guests, uh, high-ranking guests, that will go check out how many ratings and reviews you have and what those ratings and reviews are if they're even going to come on your show. That's all great, Tracy, but I don't want to do a podcast. You said you were going to talk to me about online course creation. Well, okay, let's just take the same thing in a course creation uh, thought process. Now, there's no iTunes that you're going to ri rise to the top of, but you can build that same amount of pressure, uh, like I mentioned earlier, by teasing it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up, giving you get, get your email addresses in now, share it with your friends. You could even create... Um, you turn it into a game. 
there are tools out there, and I actually have one of them. And if you're interested, let me know that you could say, hey, if you want to share this with folks you believe will get value from it, I'll give you points for it. And on launch day, whoever's got the most points, I'm going to give away X, whatever X is for first place and Y for second place and Z for third place. You can gamify your uh, your marketing so that you're helping create almost a viral effect of this uh, of this content that's coming out. And again, the data that comes out, you want to tell everybody, hey, I told you it's not going to be here. Today's your last day to get the, your points in and they'll share with additional folks. Now, some people just aren't going to share. It's just not their style. They're not going to do it. God love them. That's okay. They just want your content. Those are usually very, very valuable customers. Tip number 13, sell your subscribers on listening to your show or watching your videos or reading your content. Think about this, if you will, right? How much work did you put into producing the product, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a, a course or an ebook? Hmm? That's how much effort you should put into selling people on downloading and consuming that product, especially in the beginning. Here's what I see so many people doing. They put hour after hour after hour into producing their podcast or creating their course. But they say, well, I shared on social media and I posted about it and I sent an email out. And they're like, you're like, dude, that's like 15 minutes worth of work. How many hours did you spend producing it? Oh my God, it was like eight weeks and I did two to three hours a week and then eight hours on the weekend. You're like, dude, you spent over a hundred hours producing it and 15 minutes marketing it. No wonder no one cares, right? You got to think about this. Think about this. The big companies that are out there making millions, even billions of dollars on products that you love, how much do you think they spend on marketing? How much time do you think they spend thinking about the money? <laughs> You're feeling me now, right? Before you even launch your product, consider sending out teasers, samples, right? Grab some snippets of some just awesome moments in your podcast or in your course and, and, and put it out there. Get them excited for what's coming, right? Send out reminders for the launch or for your show. Um, for when it goes live. If you don't have live for when it actually, well, it goes live online, even though you're not live itself. Send out some teasing bullet points. Ask some questions that you know will be answered inside that product or inside that uh, episode of your podcast. Then, and continue to build up that momentum. Hey, it's 10 days until it launches. It, it's seven days until this. And if you can find a way to link those numbers to something inside your content, like seven days until you get these seven tips on how to create a great online course, six days until you learn the six steps that it takes to create an online course, five days until you learn five modalities that you can use in a great online course. You, you feel what I'm saying? Now they're like, well, wow, I need those seven tips. I need those six ways. I need those five modalities. I need to know all these things. Then on launch day and every day thereafter, right, you need to tell your subscribers to go there to get that new product, to get that new show, to subscribe to your podcast, to give them your email address so that they get all the great content that you are going to continue to produce for them. Hmm? 
Yeah, even if they don't buy your course, you're still going to be sending out great content. And here's the thing. The reason you're going to be sending out that great content is because so many times people don't buy uh, on touch number one. Yeah. I think it used to be when I was uh, big into marketing in corporate America, it was seven touches. I think the number of touches has gone up to 13 or 15 I read recently. So it's not getting shorter, ladies and gentlemen. It's getting longer. All right. I think I beat that one to death. Number 14, choose the right people to join forces with. Yeah. Whether it be an interview on your podcast or people that are going to add content to your course that you're going to create. If you're doing interviews, it pays to think like a reporter. And I would do this for anyone that's going to join forces and add ex their expertise to your next product. What will interest your listeners? Not what you want to learn, not value they think they can bring. What the hell do your listeners want? What do they want? Huh? What will bore them and will make them tune out? And you don't want that. That's what you need to avoid. For example, don't interview someone who is already being interviewed on a dozen other podcasts and giving you the same answers over and over again. No one wants to hear interview number 37 from the same guy talking about the same stuff over and over and over and over again. Hmm? Yeah. You want to find new content for your products, new content for your podcast, new people with interesting things to say for your content, for your interviews, for your podcast. If you can find experts who have not appeared on other podcasts in your niche or ever, oh, that's gold. Here's one of the things I started doing, and it was magic when it comes to the podcast. I was finding people that aren't even in the internet marketing space or that people weren't known for being in the internet marketing space and brought them on the show. And I was able to take their experiences and t tell my audience how they could benefit in the internet marketing space with their experiences. And I had some examples of like the drummer from I Prevail, who was in the internet marketing uh, world, but no one knew it unless you were doing the, unless you were, had already bought his product. His product, by the way, is a how he teaches you how to drum online. He's a drummer. Of course, he knows how to. He's a you know touring the world drummer. Okay, you could you could interview Joe, business consultant, who's been saying the same thing for twenty years. John, <sighs> you know what you're going to get out of that? Yeah, a whole lot of that. Or you could interview Sally, entrepreneur, who has built a million dollar business from scratch in the first six months. Yeah. Which one of those do you think your audience wants to hear from? Yeah. Susie Entrepreneur, Sally Entrepreneur, who's built, bootstrapped up from nothing in six months? Heck, I want to do that. Not Business Joe Consultant has been doing this for 20 years and is going to say the same thing on your podcast. He's going to say everywhere else, unless maybe you have an angle you have found that he hasn't used. Huh? Yeah. Secret clue right there. Pay attention. I think the key here is, yeah, it, it might be easier to get good con to get content from people who are used to, you know, chiming in on other folks' products or doing interviews if you're doing a podcast. But finding those Sally entrepreneurs out there that will create brand new material that no one else has, yeah, that's what everyone wants to hear. So whoever your audience is, 
find out who they want to hear from or the kind of content they need to hear or want to hear, well, more specifically, they want to hear and find that. Now, tip number 15, we're getting a little long here, so I'm going to make sure I want to get these last couple in. I told you they were, they were really good ones. You've heard me mention this before as a journal. I want you to keep an idea log, right? I got my little journal sitting over here next to me today. I didn't, I didn't forget it. And every time I get an idea that pops up, I write it down. It does a couple of things for you. One of the things it does is it tells your brain, keep giving me ideas. I'm paying attention to you. And you are. You get an idea, you write it down. If you're doing something where you can't stop and write it down, like, I don't know, driving, you could do something like, hey, Siri, record my voice. You know, uh, open up voice recorder and say the idea there until you can get to the point where you can crack your journal open and write it down. It's, it's sort of winging it if you're just trying to pick topics to share with your audience on the fly, be it in any format, uh, you know, a podcast format or a content format, a blog format. But sooner or later, you're going to feel like you're running on ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. That's why you need to keep some sort of of idea log. Every single time you get an idea for a topic, right? every time you read something that gives you an idea for a topic, every time you hear someone talk about something for a topic or talk about something, you're like, oh, that'd be a good guest to come on my show, whatever it is. I want to have them come on to my uh, course and share their expertise. You're going to make a, a night, you're going to make a note down into your idea log. This log will save all your ideas. It will keep you from going, man, I had this great idea, but I can't remember what it was. Oh my God, I hate when that happens. Now, what I want you to do, as soon as you're able to, I want you to grab a piece of paper or grab, if you have a journal, good for you. If you don't, get one. But grab, grab something to write these down. I want to give you some ideas just to start you off with. All right, you ready? Here we go. Questions your customers are going to ask. Tracy, I don't have any customers. No, that's not what I said. Questions your customers are going to have. Because you're a driven entrepreneur, you're going to have customers. And they're going to ask questions. Hmm? That's a topic. Complaints and problems that are already happening in your niche. Oh, Tracy, I don't have any customers. You're not listening to me. You're in your niche. You know what the complaints or problems are. There's a topic. Best-selling book titles. Hmm? Authors, bloggers, and people that you meet on social media. Uh, there's lots of those out there. Local experts in your niche. This is a cool one, right? Who in your area, wherever you live, is an expert in your niche? Maybe some hardball, like maybe not, not just, you know, no, they're not a Grant Cardone, but they're in the city next to you. Mm, have coffee, right? Completely unrelated media that gives you a new idea for your niche, right? So many of us will look at a meme or something like that or see some video and it makes you think about something in your niche. That's an unrelated piece of media that gives you an idea. Write that down. Comments and forums, right? Uh, uh, comments and reviews, right? Comments that you see in social media. Yeah, that's a great place to write it. Write this down. News in your niche. Set yourself up a Google alert about new news in your niche so you'll get it as soon as it comes out. You're like, wow, I never thought about that. Here we go. And things you saw or heard around that just made you think about new ideas. Write all this down. Ideas are everywhere and you can access them at any given time. Even when you least expect it, you're going to find a little nugget of gold or even platinum. 
The key is to always be on the lookout. And the way you're always going to have your brain on the lookout is to pay attention to the damn ideas you're getting in the first place. Because here's what happens. You get an idea. You don't write it down. You get another idea. You don't write it down. Your brain says, oh, man, I almost... Oh, I almost blurted out an expletive right there. Your brain says, to hell with you. I'm tired of you not paying attention to me. You're not giving me the, you're not writing down these ideas or paying attention to them. So I'm just not going to give them to you very often. That's just not going to happen very much. Yeah, it's going to stop doing it. So write them down the moment you think of them or the moment they pop into your head. Again, if you're in a moment that you can't write them down, you know, use technology to help you out. All right, last two, lead magnet ideas. Now, I did a whole episode on a free lead magnet that will apply to just about any niche. It was about three episodes ago. I can't think of the number off the top of my head. Go check that out. I even gave you the content to get you started. Whew, easiest lead magnet you'll ever find. Lead magnet is what you can offer to get people into your email list in the first place, Right. You're probably familiar with all the reports that are given away, subject of, everyone's talked about opt-ins. Now, you can combine a good report with a super catchy headline and use a follow-up campaign of emails to be effective to get people to read the report. Now, what I'm talking about here is maybe your report is the 10 amazing ideas that Tracy gave me on his podcast. Who gives a crap, Right. Um, but I'm yeah, I'm gonna go check it out. I give you my email address, you send me the report. Did I open the report? Who knows? But then you start sending me emails. Hey, did you read tip number three? I instituted tip number three that Tracy gave me. It that's in your amazing ideas that Tracy gave me a report. And here's what happened. You don't tell them what the tip is, right? You tell them how you used it and the results are they're gonna go, what the hell was that tip? And then they'll go read it. Right? There you go. You could even, you know, use your opt-in as a a doorway to a paid newsletter. You know, maybe you have lots of great content you want to get. And you're taking some of that content from the other experts we talk about. uh, Why I keep saying um, podcast interviews. Maybe you're interviewing them into a newsletter. You give away a free issue. Maybe it's once a month. That's why they give you the email address. Once a month, I'll give you this great content about internet marketing. Well, if they pay for it, you give it to them once a week, hmm? maybe even daily tips. There's lots of niches where daily tips are, are, are great. I know a gentleman, Scott, who sends daily tips to my phone on email and as well as text because he does a daily podcast. And they kind of connect it together, but they, the, the email and the text is a little tedious. It's like, ooh, that one resonates with me. Let me go check it out, uh, especially if you're a person that's making tips uh, is something of a celebrity. He's not really a celebrity, but he's been around a long time, and I resonate with him. Anyway, you could offer transcripts to things in niches. Hmm? Because believe it or not, even though you're listening to an audible version of things, there are people that would rather read than listen. It's just the way it is. I'm the opposite. I'd rather listen than read, but hey, people sell lots of books. And then there's also companies like Audible who take those books and they put them into Audibles for those folks like me that would prefer to listen than read. Better yet, offer them notes to a show in an abbreviated format. Hmm? This really works well if whatever you're talking about teaches them how to accomplish something. You could take something big, condense it down into like cliff notes, right? (laughs) Then bring it down to the cliff notes and sell them that. 
Here's a great one I learned about recently. There is a fellow by the name of Crow that has this amazing podcast my wife introduced me to, and uh, we were listening to it as we were traveling to uh, a conference not too long ago. And what he does is he cuts his uh, show uh, into two 60-minute segments, okay? Now, what he does is there's lots of great content in the first 60 minutes. It's amazing content. But then on the backside, he tells everyone, hey, we're going to cut off here and we're going to continue for hour two. But the only way you get access to hour two is through a paywall. You can let them know that, you know, this is not the beginning. It's not the end. This is just the beginning. There's so much more to learn. But you don't. You don't not deliver in the first 60 minutes because you deliver caca in the first 60 minutes. You're going to go, well, geez, I didn't get much here. What am I going to get back there? It's not like I'm just going to tease you and tease you and tease you and then give you the goods on the inside. No, no, no. you got to give them the goods up front and then give them even more goods on the backside. Hmm? And last but not least, and this show ran a whole lot longer than I wanted it to, but I want to make sure I deliver the goods. <laughs> Tip number 17, and this one here, I cannot tell you how important it is in everything you do, be consistent. Yeah. If you tell your listeners you're going to be delivering something each Tuesday, then do that. If you tell your readers, email readers, that you're going to give something to them every Friday, you damn well better be giving it to them every single Friday. And if you're going to miss a Friday for some reason, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't. Technology is around enough where you could build things up front. Uh, and then you could, I am going to go on a month for vacation. That's fine. A month before that, build up those four deliveries for those four Fridays so that you keep your word. You're consistent. These folks have taken the time and given you the trust. You should own up to that. All right? And, and, and don't hold back because really, here's the thing. It, it is really easy to fall behind in creating your content and putting it out. That's why you should always have a plan to stay, I don't know, a month, two, at, at least ahead. There was one point I had so many interviews lined up for this podcast. I was 12 weeks out. Someone would come on an interview and say, when do you think it'll be coming out? Oh, probably in about four months. Their faces would fall. That's okay. All right. If something would happen I, where I didn't interview someone for two months, I was still good. Right. So plan your content out. Do your research, whatever it is you're going to be doing. You know, make sure you have your questions lined up, you have your answers, your, your your sources, everything. Find the stories that you want to use to teach because people love and they remember stories. I try to uh, drop them in here. Usually they're about me, but that's okay too. I, I share other stories. And then be diligent. Be just as consistent with promoting your content as you are with producing it, right? Whatever modem, modem, whatever mode of promotion you're using, be it social media or email, you need to treat your product, your podcast, your online course, your ebook, your freemium like a business, even if you work at it only a few hours a week. All right, so I ran extra long today. I'm sorry about that. Bye. Not really. I want to deliver the bomb value to you. All right. So as I want you to do, I want you to get out there. I want you to run your race. I want you to get your results and then come let me hear about them. Yeah, I talked about this earlier, didn't I? I'm serious. You let me know what tip or idea you came away with, how you put it in action, and what results you gained from it. 
who knows, might bring you on the show and let you share your journey with my audience. Until next time, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.